Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. The highest likelihood of enough versus the highest expected value. What do you want to talk about today, Dallas? <laughs> I can always tell when, when you don't really know what I mean by my podcast topic, by the way, that you sort of look at it and you try, what, what's he banging on about? Here? Isn't it funny how the intonation of your voice can <laughs> give away? So, so I can say, what do you want to talk about today, Dallas? Or yeah, yeah. what do you want to yeah, talk about today, you, Dallas? What, yeah. No, so, um, I think it's good. I think it's a good topic. I'm yeah. intrigued by it. Yeah. Let's get into it. So the, the theory I was thinking about here, this, this was one of those shower thoughts I had the other day. Where we spend a lot of time talking to people about you know, how, much, how much is enough for you in terms of retirement savings. Mm. So for a lot of people, they come to see us at age 55 with half a million dollars in super, and we work out that in the ball, they, they probably want in the ballpark of somewhere around 1.5 million, or if they want to spend a little bit more money, they might need somewhere up to $2 million. Yep. And so I was thinking about about the concept of what you what a lot of people think of when they think of investing their money or um, you know, making their money work for them is they want the highest expected value. So they want to work that money in a way that they go. I just want want the best possibility. And now, mm. when people think about about highest expected value, what they really mean there is I just want on average the best outcome. Mm. But when you're looking at planning for retirement, what you really want is you, you want to maximize the likelihood or the probability that you will have that target of retirement savings. And so in simple terms there, if we look at this with someone and say, okay, in 10 years time, you probably want about $2 million. Hmm. Now, and if there's, if there's two different strategies and one of them means that you will, you will definitely have $2 million, but you probably won't have much more than that. Yep. Or there's another strategy where there's a, there's a really good chance that you'll end up with there's a good chance you'll end up with three million dollars, hmm. but there's also a significant chance that you'll end up with a million dollars or hmm. or less than that, or you'll end up with nothing. And this is a personal decision, but for most people, what they really want there, or or I think what what they would look at in ten years' time and, and realize they want is they want the option that's going to maximize the probability that they will have enough. They don't really want the option that says I might have three million dollars or I might have zero dollars. Great point, um, and I think I, I like this topic yeah. because we haven't spoken about this no. ever before. No, it's so I know it. People are probably listening now go, "What are these two blokes on about?" Like, <laughs> but we'll get into it. I promise you. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so so we, I mean we know that 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 um, once you get to enough. For a comfortable retirement, we we know through studies that any more than that yeah. doesn't lead to any more happiness well, for people. Yeah, like this this ties back to yeah, separate to the whole probability aspect of it, it ties back into the utility theory of money, where it's that that yeah. first that first bit of money. So if we were yeah. to say, you know, you, you want to live on eighty thousand dollars a year in retirement, hmm. that means you probably need about two million dollars. 
that first eighty thousand dollars, that's gonna really that's gonna really have a big impact on your yeah. satisfaction, your happiness in retirement. Now, if you were to double that, the next eighty thousand dollars, you're not gonna enjoy yeah. it twice as much. You, you you go on you go on nicer holidays, you probably buy nicer cars, you do things like that that probably really don't make a huge difference to your satisfaction. Yeah, so so to use an example here is that if we said to people we keep coming back to this figure and it's a comfortable retirement for our clients. Yeah. Somewhere in the one and a half million dollar range. Yeah. So if if you could get to one and a half million dollars, yeah. and the example that you used before, mm. you could then get to two million dollars. Yeah. Or three million dollars. Yeah. Um, or on the downside you could you could be at a million dollars. Yeah. Like we know that we know that um, being at a million dollars is so much worse off than being than the good part of actually being yeah. at two million dollars or three million dollars. Yeah. Like well, this, because yeah. because once you're at that 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 base level of one and a half million dollars, you have so many choices. Yeah. And it's not to say that two million or three million, of course yeah. it's better. Yeah. However it's, um yeah. ha- however the, the being only at a million dollars is is significantly more detrimental yeah. than being at three million dollars yeah. or two million dollars. Yeah. Um, well, because you, you, yeah, again, if you break it down for that thing of the the cost of going from one and a half million dollars back to a million dollars means that you get to spend two thirds as much money. Mm. And and some people have probably just had this in 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 the midst of of this pandemic where that that thirty percent of your of your of your income that hurts if you if you have to give that up that that can hurt a fair bit. So if you're used to if you yeah like you said there. Now, if you whether you trade that off, if you're willing to say I'll run the risk of having to cut my expenses by a third from what they are now, for a possibility that I could double my expenses, hmm. for most people, and this isn't this is kind of one of those things where, from an economics point of view, it might be seen as irrational to not try and maximise your expected value of, of what your outcome is. But you go, the actual day to day of your life in retirement. As you said, the pain of going from one and a half million dollars back to a million dollars is much greater than than the pleasure that you would get from going from one yeah. and a half even to two and a half million dollars. I would say. So, yes, and and so I mean the example that without wanting to steal your thunder here, okay, there's right. an example here that you're going to use, and we see this quite a lot. So so it's common that people we use the term fully geared up yeah. with investment properties, yeah. which generally means three or more investment properties yeah. that they have or rental properties. Um, now, um, those people are from a from a a rent in minus expenses yeah. minus interest repayments on their loan. Yeah. Um, they're treading water to a large extent, so they're not moving the needle in terms of being able to contribute to the superannuation fund. Yeah. Um, they're spending a lot of money actually of their own cash flows, just, just topping up the rent. Yeah. Uh, to meet the interest on the loan, the loans aren't getting paid down. Yeah. The loans are on interest-only terms. Um, what they really need is they actually need property prices to grow quite strongly. Yeah, to be at three million dollars yes. of, yeah, of yeah. net proceeds. Yes, um, yeah, and that's um, that's a really or, good or to even be at two yeah. million dollars, or even be at one and a half million dollars. Yeah, uh, that treading water is the analogy is probably the best analogy that I can come up with. There, they're yeah. treading water in terms of they're just treading. They're, they're basically just yeah. just using all their disposable income. Yeah. To to top up the rent, yep. uh, uh, to meet the interest and all the expenses mm. on the property, so they actually need that capital growth. Whether that capital growth comes or not is completely outside of their control. It's outside of our control. Yeah. Um, 
compare that to someone with say no debt yeah. and uh, they're a couple and they're able to actually move the needle by contributing you know $50,000 including what their employers yeah. put in let's, let's assume into superannuation every year um, now there's still volatility in, associated with what they invest into their superannuation fund yeah. however um, what happens is that that volatility can actually benefit them as well. Yeah. Because whilst they're working, if the average share price of the company that they own yeah. drops from a dollar to seventy cents temporarily yeah. because of the the next pandemic or the yeah. next global financial crisis or whatever whatever yeah. whatever's coming next, yeah, they can um, buy in. They're actually buying in because they're putting money in every single fortnight, they're putting a lot of money in yeah. every single fortnight on average, um, yeah. just under two thousand dollars a yeah. fortnight. They're actually buying it at seventy cents a share yeah. as opposed to a dollar per share. So there's still volatility, yeah. but the because there's no debt there and they're actually they're actually actively contributing to their retirement. Yeah. Um, the 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 range of variance is, is much so crazy. much smaller. That's that's so exactly right, and that's kind of the the trade off that you're making there is, like I guess to use that example, if you've got half a million dollars in in net retirement savings and that's all just in your self-managed in, in your sorry in your super fund and you are just contributing if you've got fifty thousand dollars a year spare through your employer contributions and your contributions as you as you can see you start at 500 the range of outcomes is it's it's definitely variable with with what um your asset prices do over that next 10 years time but you can see that it's pretty you know there's there's only so many possible outcomes there prices mm-hmm. either stay flat in which case You've been putting in money the whole time, so yep. you've got ten years and fifty thousand dollars going in. Yep. Um, or, or things go up, in which case you've got a, a bit of an increase there as well. But if you've got one and a half million dollars worth of assets, and whether it's property or, or, or shares or whatever you've got there, could be cows, could be any. Always use cows mm. as, <laughs> as the other other option there, just to make it, uh, I guess, a different thought experiment. But if you've got one and a half million dollars worth of assets and a million dollars worth of debt, and your fifty thousand dollars every year is just going to servicing that, you can see that the, the, the outcome that you get in 10 years' time is only driven by what the asset prices do over that point in time. Mm. And that's, that's it. It's that if that asset price doubles and you've gone from $1.5 million to $3 million worth of assets and then you mm. pay back your $1 million worth of debt and your $2 million, great, you, you're in front. You're better off than what you would have been the other way. Yeah. But if you, don't have that, if you don't have that price increase or that, that value increase, you end up in the same position. All of your money has gone to treading water, as you said, for yeah. like 10 years, and you get 10 years down the road and you're left with, you're celebrating up, you're left with $500,000. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of the point that you're making that, that there is that it's, it's that, that variance of, of outcomes is that if you were to, if you're to do it, I guess, the safer way, which is to just go, well, we've got this amount, we're going to actively contribute every year, that money is going to be used to buy assets each fortnight as we get paid. There is a range of outcomes, but it's it's much it's much smaller, and it's all in the ballpark of where you need to be. So yes. you might not have one point five million; you might have one point two or one point three million, or you might have one point eight million. But mm. your lifestyle is still going to be much the same. Whereas rolling the dice on that, your lifestyle is it's either going to be rocks or diamonds. Yeah, it, it's either going to be you've got three million dollars, or you've got zero dollars, or somewhere in between. Yes, and, and look, I, I had a meeting just on the weekend with a potential new client and uh, they have three rental properties yep. 
in a similar situation to this, so, so you know, debts on all the properties, um, yeah. equity in the properties as well. Yeah. But um, the, the way that conversation went, I said, I'm not saying that won't work for you. Yeah. And it may very well work for you. But in 2029, when you we guys want to retire, yeah. um, looking back then, we'll be able to tell yeah. if that strategy worked for you. Yeah. Uh, look, it does rely on capital growth. It relies yeah. on on um, the Australian economy going yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all of those types of things. I'm certainly not saying that it won't work for you. It's yeah. just that we know this other way that is without being guaranteed to work for you, the range of outcomes is such smaller. Like and, and that was to yeah. to basically take the bird in the hand now, yeah. sell two of those properties, yeah. pay back the loan yeah. that they had on them mm. and instead of treading water over the next nine or 10 years to basically use the money that that actually, and, and that that's, they'd saved on, on, yeah. on paying it, being able to pay out of their debts to contribute to their superannuation funds, yeah. um, claim the tax deductions that they were able to get and 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 effectively move the needle that way, and that's that's the the key point there is that it is a it is a trade off. There, there is no free lunch ever. But mm. I think that's that's a a way to think of it is that if if I had if I was having a conversation with a client about this and they said, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just want to I just want to roll a dice. Yeah. You know, I'm either going to I'm either going to be on Centrelink at age 67, or I'm yeah. going to be you know, and, chartering and yachts and, and living the high life. I'd be going. Go for it. Gear up as hard as you can. Just, just hope for the best outcome and roll the dice yeah. and deal with it as it plays out. But and and look to be clear as well, we don't know which way is going to work better. No, we know that we have a lower. Right. We have a more a more chance of success if success is defined as is defined as actually getting to that level of comfortable yep. retirement. Yep. Um. But but. To that point, no one else on the earth knows yeah. what's going to happen over the next yeah, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten years. Well, so just be very careful if someone yeah. says, yeah. hey, property prices are going to grow well, by 3% a year I just or 5% saw this a year. With, or, with a new client the other day where they'd, five years, so they're now 54, five years ago, they'd, they'd had the, and it's a bit, of a, uh, a bit of a pain for them because they got in early, but we need to get organised, we need to get set up for retirement. And they, they met with an advisor who set them up with a self-managed super fund and then bought a heap, bought a couple of properties through the through the self-managed fund. And the advisor at the time told them, well, what'll happen is these properties will go up in value and then in five years' time, you'll, you will, you'll be able to go and buy two more and you'll have all those four properties paid off by the time you retire and the properties will be worth X amount and the rent will be X amount and you'll live on that. Now, five years down the road, that that price increase just hasn't happened. No. So on a much smaller scale, that's kind of what we're talking about, where they're now sitting there going, well, this hasn't played out like we thought it yeah. is. And we can either sit here for another 10 years hoping for a price increase, hmm. or we can take control of this. And, and, and that's kind of the, convers- the exact conversation that I had with these guys was about this, about going, uh, you know, they don't want to live an extravagant lifestyle. They're not looking for $5 million in retirement. Yeah, they they want about one point two million. That's that's their target. So, as you as as you were saying, I'm not saying that my strategy will will definitely get them the best possible outcome in ten years time. But what I can tell them is that the strategy we've come up with gives them a much higher probability of having that that target compared to their mm. current strategy, which 
may well be much more than that, but it also may be much less than that. And they're, and they're not willing to roll the dice on it. And I think for most people, they, they probably aren't. This isn't the conversation that we're having. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's I guess, the, the main thrust of what I was saying there. I, I think it's a really hard thing for human beings to understand is that range of possible outcomes. Like, it, mm. it is, you know, we see it in every, in every aspect of our life that we kind of look backwards and go, now that I know what the, what the outcome is, was that a good decision or not based on what happened at the time? Yeah. And, and you see it, you know, as you said, if we're looking at this in 10 years' time for, for clients and if we know that property prices have doubled, well, then obviously that's the strategy. That's what you that's do. Right. You just go keep doing what you're doing and, yeah. and you'll be in a great position and, and don't worry about it. But we're, we're sort of looking into this haze in the future going, we don't know what's going to happen. Given that we don't know, we have to kind of assign probabilities to different possible outcomes and we have to look at this through the through the lens of, you know, it's it's not just what do I think will probably happen. It's what are the range, what are all of the possible outcomes that can happen, and mm. which one am I able to live with in ten years' time, and which ones am I not? Mm. That's kind of, yeah, that's that's how I I think of it. There, it's it's uh, something also that I guess a lot of people struggle with. More so, even even people like. Even people who aren't necessarily trying to maximise their dollars at retirement or at their death, when you say to someone, and, they, and this is a hard conversation, when you, someone's got $1.5 million and you say, well, this is the amount of money that you can draw out each year that means that you are fairly, it's a fairly safe bet that you won't run out over the next 30 years. Mm. Then, you know, what you're doing there is you're basically building a margin of safety to say, even if returns aren't great over the next 30 years, you, you, you should be pretty safe, you won't run out. Now, in 30 years' time, those people, the range of outcomes is they, they might pass away with nothing or they might pass away with $10 million, depending yeah. on what the returns have been over that 30 years. Now, mm. if at that point in time when they're 95 and they go, well, now I've got $10 million and I've got to give it to my kids and I wanted to spend this, why didn't you let me spend more 30 <laughs> years ago? It's the same conversation where you're going, the thing we're, max we're optimising for there is not, it's not to optimise... You know, spending every possible dollar that you can every year. We're optimising yeah. for, make sure you've got enough money in retirement to do the things that you want to do and optimise for not running out of money in retirement. Yes. You know, you've got to accept that there are many, many different outcomes of what that'll look like, mm. but that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and and look, that's one of those things that, that gets, obviously it's a simple example that you've used there, but it's something that we discuss with our clients on a year-to-year -year basis anyway, yeah, that's because we say, oh, yeah, you're, you're 10 years into your retirement, look, yeah. you're ahead of where we yeah. project you to be by quite a, a margin. Most people at that stage decide to yeah. go on a world trip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then another one, yeah. uh, do yeah. something and else. Until, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's very... It's it's very rare that someone yeah, gets, yeah. To gets to ninety yeah, and has ten million dollars yeah. in there. But it's um, people but do adjust over time. Yeah. That's right, and that's exactly our like, that's why we work with people through retirement as well as leading up to retirement. Is is that that's our job as well? Is that as I say when I say we're optimizing for not running out of money? Yeah. For most people, like you say, that's a moving target where they're going. I don't I don't want to run out of money, but I also don't want to be not being able to not spending the money that I want yeah. to spend. So yeah. it is a. And I think that's a good point, even as it relates to leading up to retirement, is that a, a, a strategy that that optimises for the highest likelihood of having enough retirement savings, there's more room to tweak that. There, there is, and, and one of the points that I was going to make as well, we're, we're big believers in taking the known yeah. bird in the hand yeah. and, and 
you know, if we go back to the example where people are treading water, yeah. so they've got equity in their properties, yeah. but they've got they've they've got three or four of them, and they they're using the listener question was yeah. a really good is yeah. a really good one to listen to. Yeah. So we we talked about Mike. Yeah. And he's three rental properties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and pretty much how, even though he had significant equity in there, yeah. um, he was treading water mm. because because yeah, the cost uh, effectively the the rent was nowhere near enough to cover the interest repayments and the and the expenses on those properties. So treading water. Yeah. Um, uh, the the alternative strategy mm. is to actually take the bird in the hand, sell those properties, yeah. pay out the debts. Um, what you what you now have, yeah. if that if that if that now equates to you having um, fifteen hundred dollars a fortnight spare mm. to put into your superannuation fund, yeah. that is an that is an a known, a, a known yeah. bird in the hand, yeah. for want of a better expression. Yeah. Um, we know that that fortnight you've picked up on that, mm. and the next fortnight you've picked up on that, yeah. and if you if you put that back to back for twenty six fortnights, there's thirty nine thousand dollars that's yeah. gone into your super fund. Yeah. The, so that is a fact. Um, now the, there's variance in yeah. what you invest into. There could be yeah. you could have dropped over that particular year, yeah. but but we know that you've actually been able to put in. Yep. It's a fact that you've been able to put in thirty nine thousand yeah. dollars. It's a fact given the uh, tax rules that we know that you, you picked know, up a ten thousand yeah, dollar refund. You, yeah. You've maximised your tax action, so you've picked up a, a ten thousand yeah. dollar tax yeah. refund in this simple example. Um, the treading water scenario there's there's just so many things that you don't know there well, so you, you you know you're treading water with that thirty nine thousand dollars now yeah. you're putting that money to just to top up a, the yeah, rent you may see a return you may see a return you may not, you may not, not um you're not prices. maximizing your tax deductions things like that yeah the other one that I, I was thinking about just then um using your example is that um the other one of the other good things about the strategy of going for enough or to be in the ballpark where you need to be is that as I said before, if you've got five hundred thousand dollars in super and you and you work that you need about one point five, and you have a period of poor returns over the next ten years while you're accumulating, and you get ten years down the road and you've got one point two million dollars, you you then have it's much easier to bridge that gap between one point two and one point five. In, in as much as you might go, well, we'll work for another couple of years, or we'll yeah. spend slightly less, or we'll you know, do some variation of those strategies because we can bridge that. It's, it's yeah. you're eighty percent of the way there. Whereas if you get ten years down the road and your strategy hasn't played hasn't paid off at all, and you're yeah. left with just five hundred thousand dollars worth of it, you, you can't. It's too that, far. You can't bridge that gap. You that, can't. That's a good point to make. Working. So it's 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 you may have to wait another ten years. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Before. Yeah. There's enough price appreciation. To, to, to get where you needed to be. That's right. And then it's a moving target yeah, then because yeah. the cost of everything else has gone up including yeah. the cost of living so you need to yeah. do more from your, yeah. your retirement right. savings. So yeah. you're right there. It's it's one of where um, if, you, if you're planning for that retirement in say 2030 mm. and you're slightly short yeah. of that because of... You've, so you've done everything that you, you were supposed yeah. to have done yeah. over that period of time from a contributions yeah. to your super fund point of view. It's just that the um, the, the rate of return has been lower than yeah. what we had thought. Yeah. You're right. It's much easier to bridge that gap yeah. because and typically at that stage, mm. the you know the rate of return on one point two million dollars is is 
for for one year on average is somewhere in the seventy yeah. to eighty thousand dollar range. So yeah. you work another year, yeah. you've got contributions going yeah. in, yeah. Um, your salary sacrifices going in, or your, yeah. your contributions going in, and then your your money yeah. making money for you averages yeah. seventy five eighty thousand dollars for that year. You, you you very quickly get to get the, back to yeah. that period of time, and that's that's ex- so again to go back to the example of those uh, new clients of mine the other day is that's that's actually there. You know, we were, we talk often about you know retirement target for these guys. It's a bit different because they're going well. So they're selling these properties right now. They might have five hundred thousand dollars left over. They might have four hundred thousand dollars, depending on what these properties sell for. And then and what we've talked about is is going well. We've got sort of a roughly a ten year plan in place, but. They don't really know how much they can afford to give up every year, but it, that's the conversation has been that depending on where we start now, and depending on what you're able to put in, you are going to be at that point at that one point two million dollar target somewhere between sixty three and sixty seven. Mm-hmm. So again, the range of possible outcomes is you you might have to work for four years longer, but yeah. I'm, I you know and you can't guarantee anything, but you go the range of outcomes is far less. You are far, you're yeah. very likely to be where you need to be between 63 and 67. Can't guarantee when, I can't guarantee exactly, you know, when you will achieve that. But if we stick to this strategy, that's in the ballpark of where you want it to be anyway. Yeah. And they don't necessarily yeah. have exact times when they want to be retired by. It's just, for them, it's gonna be a matter of put a plan in place, do everything they can each year, and then we just revisit that and go, yeah. are we in the ballpark? Are we are we on track to be where we need to be? If not, do we need to adjust things a bit? Yeah. Whereas, that, that's the exact discussion I had with them is that if we stick to your current strategy, we might get five years down the road and you might be able to retire. You could retire at 60 using mm. your current strategy if, if everything goes really well. But we might also get five years down the road, and and you're you're behind, yeah. you're far behind where you needed to be, and yeah, there's no look, scope it, to recover. It, from it could that. be retired at six, as early as sixty. It could be retired as late as seventy-seven. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's, for that's for, for most people, yeah, you know, that's just not what a viable option yeah. for them to, to work until yeah until that age. Yeah. So I think that's. Um, I guess there's no. This is this is something that we have these discussions in depth with with clients, and this is why we use you know, both have a different case study of just a recent discussion about this is that it's not obviously we don't put this into these words when we're talking about it with clients but it is a it is a thought process and discussion and it's probably not something that people tend to think about and so i guess as the as something to 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 think about um, for anyone who's listening to this is that whenever you're making these decisions leading up to retirement like how am i going to how am i going to build up my retirement savings what am i going to invest into any of those sorts of things you need to look at it through that lens of not just what is the most likely outcome or not just what do I think will happen, but more importantly, what are the range of possible outcomes? What are all the outcomes that might happen and what's the likelihood of the best and the worst of them? Not just what do I think is going to probably happen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.